the Cannabishes. Welcome to High Tea. High Tea is a high vibe cannabis entertainment company for women who also love weed. This is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic, the role it has in the lives and processes of cool and creative people everywhere, and an evolving cannabis culture we're seeing happen before our very eyes. We're elevating perceptions with every episode. Listen up as we go in. So nice to see you. It's nice to see your beautiful face. How are you doing over there? I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear my blue light glasses today because I feel like I need I've just the blue light glasses. Oh, so they block the blue light so that I actually sleep better because all I do all day is stare at screens. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it's fucking it's working. Whether it's placebo really? or not, I'm sleeping much better. I think that you just gave me my Mother's Day gift for my mom. Ooh, that's a good idea. Ooh, she blue light glasses are a great Mother's yeah. Day. Yeah, she can't all sleep right. at all, and she all she does is look at her little iPad all day. <laughs> I mean, I have her on like magnesium. She's spraying CBD THC, but she still has trouble sleeping. So you're right; it's definitely always our behaviors. Yeah, always, mm-hmm. always, goddess. Um, that's really great. You just inspired me to make a, what you should buy your mom for Mother's Day list. I have all these ideas, but I have trouble with execution on a good day. And this whole quarantine thing, I like, I, I look up and it's like five o'clock and <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? like six more things I haven't done. And it's wild mm-hmm. a little bit. It's, but at least I've been high all day. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The question is, can I get high enough? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're gonna need a stronger drug than weed, baby. You know, I'm really intrigued by dabbing or mm-hmm. like supplementing the joints with keef or oil or whatever you need to do to like hit yeah. it up. Because yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> is the question? The question isn't am I high? The question is am I high enough? A good dose of RSO is. Is making me feel pretty good right now. I'm not oh, an ethical nice. girl. That's why. I should stop saying that. Yeah. I haven't figured it out yet. I think that's what it is because I didn't used to be an edibles girl and now I am. Are you? What is your preference? I mean, I'm a jo- joint by far. I'm an Hello. old school. Let me roll a joint. Let me be in mm. it. But when I'm like doing this work all day and like staring at my screen and like trying to be creative and creating and moving and admitting and doing all of that stuff, just pop a little brownie in my mouth. Happiness for the rest of the fucking day. Interesting. Are yeah. you a DIYing such a brownie or is this a... Um, yes and no. Okay. So some of my edibles have been DIY and mm-hmm. then the other ones have been I got from um, a dispensary, a local dispensary. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, if I had a brownie, I'd you wouldn't see me for four days because I'd eat the whole tray. I have like no self-control when sweets are in the house. So I need more like... I'm intrigued by the, or the, I've seen, it's in the U.S., but I've seen truffle oil, like for your salad or for your meals and stuff like that. But you can make that at home. There's something about smoking a joint though. And like the pre and the post Mm. and the actual transition and how how chemical it feels. Do you know what I mean? I press record from day one. Oh, did you? (laughs) 
because <laughs> you know how we go. You know how our conversations oh my gosh. are. <laughs> I listened to our last conversation. I was like, I actually, I mean, you're amazing. Yeah, like, I, I can't drop this. I can't put this out there. I'm so high. So annoying. <laughs> Just really annoying. I had so much fun with you that day. I don't remember you being annoying at all, by the by. It was a great I don't remember day. you being annoying at all. <laughs> but it was also, listening back to it now, this was the last summer. I mean, we're back with one of our favorite guests ever, mine and our listeners. Like, it was a, one of our most popular episodes. Dr. Carlin Costa, my girl. Hey, hey, goddess. <laughs> hey, hey, goddess. Hey. And we just are continuing our conversation on cannabis and sex and sexuality and sexual health and love and self love and all the things. We've had a few chats, but I was listening back to it and it felt so out of touch almost mm. or so out of date with what people are experiencing right now. Frivolous is really the word. Yeah. Um, at least it's sort of the things that I was asking you because I think that we were sort of in a blind spot. I know I yeah. felt something coming, but yeah. I think a I lot of us did. I think a yeah. lot of us felt something coming and I have a really great like intuition example for that. If you look back on the past six months, Yes, we were aware that coronavirus was going off um, in China and, and, you know, the rest of the world was dealing it, but it didn't feel real to us over here yet. And it was just kind of rumblings. It wasn't really in the news. Like there was a lot of other stuff going on, right? I mean, as Westerners, we live in a bubble of ignorance. Our bubble. On a, yeah. on a, on a bad day, frankly, <laughs> right? So, right? Yeah. But it didn't mean that we weren't picking up and we weren't even subconsciously picking stuff up. Yeah, energetically. Yeah, because if you look back on the last six months, can you look back and see ways that you actually prepared for this and didn't realize it? For example, um, I have some friends that were going to go traveling, myself included. We were all trying to book our 2020 travels and like work and all of that such, but nothing for some reason seemed to align. Either somebody didn't have the money or you couldn't get confirmation on places to stay or confirmation on the work itself or doing any of that kind of thing. The last time I went to the hairdresser, right, I usually have this like fire red hair. And I remember that day and I remember going in and for some reason, my gut said to me that day, don't go fire red, go brown. Because, like, go more of like your natural color, like a brownish red. Because I love what's happening here, and not just Thanks. because I feel like we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. color we're sisters. Always, <laughs> we, are, we are color sisters. But like, I remember I went to my hair and I, and I was like, I need you to go more of like a brownish red for some reason. And she's like, but that's not you. I was like, I know, but I don't know why I'm feeling that. So I need you to do that for me today. Right. Mm -hmm. So she did. And thank God I listened to my intuition because I, like, everyone else is like freaking out about their roots and I'm like girl my hair yeah same fresh right now yeah. I kind of stopped oh. like I normally or just sort of always have this a bit of a hustle going as a freelancer yeah. and in building high tea but around the start of the year just sort of stopped I felt so sort of discombobulated that my energy felt like I needed to disconnect and everything around me felt really feverish and I just was sort of sitting there going like something's gonna give something's gotta break how are you doing now I'm, I feel pretty good I always oh, really believe that universally if you're tapped in the universe nudges you to where you need to be I do believe things happen for a reason or a season you know and a reason a season a lesson a blessing yeah and I'm trying to make sure that 
by mindful, I mean that I'm using the time mindfully and that coming out of it whenever the out of it or the end of it might be. I just hope that I used the time well and didn't waste it or wait to the last minute as is my typical habit. You know what I mean? And just tried to use, so I'm trying to fill my days with good things and that just creates momentum for the next day. Right. And for the next thing. So it's been working, but I think that was my first kind of question I wanted to ask you was how do you source that goddess energy and tap into that higher level, higher power, higher self every day, but especially on days or times or, or, you know, seasons or cycles of our life that are particularly difficult or dark? So the conversations that I've been having with my patients, with my friends, with myself even, right? Because even as a, a therapist and a healer uh, myself, I'm feeling it too, right? So, and and that's the thing, like the doctors, the nurses, the frontline workers, the essential workers, and they're really feeling it also. But God how bless do we them. bless them? Yeah, goddess bless. <laughs> but he- healers are the empaths, right? I'm not surprised to hear that. A, you felt the thing coming first, and that B, you know, you're experiencing it on a collective level. Yeah, very much so. So, if you are empathic in any type of way. Um, actually people, I think (laughs) this is the funny part about what's happening right now is because this transformational blessing is what I'm calling it is opening. Yeah. It's well, it's shocking people up. I'm having friends, you know, I talk a lot about sacred science and new ageness and, you know, really connecting in mindfulness and, um, intentionality, affirm affirmations, et cetera. Right. That's, that's a lot of my messaging. And it's funny because I am now hearing from people who that wasn't their language, including some of my own family members who kind of, you know, think that I was a bit of a nutty, a nutter for the past little bit, who are all of a sudden turning to me and being like, wait, wait, hold on. Something about what you're saying now is making sense, which is really fucking beautiful and awesome. And one of the things that people don't realize is because of this transformational blessing that we are receiving right now is that we are all actually energetically cracking open to a whole other new vibration and some people are opening up their empathic abilities or coming to realize that some of the anxiety they're feeling is actually because they just talked to their anxious friend on the phone uh you know if they're feeling really sad it's because you know they they haven't nurtured uh they haven't nurtured their energetic, their soul self in a while, right? Like we're start, people are starting to really see these connections. Like, wait a second. So yes, a lot of people are empathic and not only are a lot of people empathic and this is even beyond empathy. It's, we are all energetic beings and that is both sacred and science. So because of the universal law of life, law of attraction, right? When you put yourself in this positions of feeding yourself negativity and sadness, right? Just like a plant will show you, you feed it bad shit. It's not going to grow. You are the exact same. So people are starting to really tap into this idea of we are energetic beings and there are now energetic laws that hold on a second are starting to actually make sense. So now what are the tools that I need in order to understand this. And that's, that's really uh, a lot of the conversations that I'm having with people is now how can I understand this new awakening, this new kind of part of me 
that I didn't even realize was there that I've never met before. And it's quite honestly, it's breaking me down and I don't even recognize myself, my life, my worth, and I, and what is going on. Um, so how do you get through that? Right. Is that, was that your initial question? <laughs> that Shit. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a, that's a life question, right? Yeah. And probably transformational blessing is, you know, quite a, a phrase for it. And I think that perhaps what will happen is we'll come together collectively again and be completely different or changed individuals. And now when we sort of meet each other in the flesh again, crazy things will happen that weren't happening before, right? Because we're changed or open. Because we've individually charged. Exactly. Think about the opportunity of how much you can now charge yourself in your space, like charge, like energetically, spiritually align yourself, um, physically align yourself, emotionally do some of the healing work, healing some of those traumas, doing all of that love work, that deep, intense love work. And then I love what you just said there. When we go and start to meet people again, what that ignition of the charge that is going to be it's going to be magnanimous. And I am so excited to see people again because, because of that momentum that we are slowly starting to kind of drip into. It's interesting because how do you get through this? So I have been working with people and with myself and really leaning in on people to come back to basics. Meaning what? Meaning, like- meaning, if you thought that you had a certain emotional tool that you were using um, and like you used it up, start using it again. If you okay. think like weed, like weed, like cannabis, <laughs> right? right? Now is a great time to re come back to using cannabis, right? Here's the thing what we understood as our normal, we're not going back to. There, there is no going back mm-hmm. to normal. Right. There isn't. So first of all, we have to make peace and, and reconcile that idea that there is some sort of going back to normal that we are going to use. So first of all, changing your language. So changing your language and how you are talking to yourself, how you're talking about your circumstances and how you are talking about the future is one of the first tools that I'm really pushing people to become aware upon, right? Because words are spells. We create our reality because of the ways in which we see and feel and and create our world. Absolutely. You raised this really good point where it felt like everything was kind of coming to a head until this happened, right? And it's because energetically we were all tired of this shit right we were all we were oh, all yeah. looking for we were all, we've all been looking like this happened because collectively we asked for this to be honest yes. with you right if i had heard from one more person to be like i need an extra weekend day or like i need an extra vacation or i need a something right those people who said that they need 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 all of this stuff are also the same people who are complaining that they can't handle this quarantine either i was just going to say like the conversations I've been having for about a decade now are like the systems need to break this, you know, it's been built on patriarchy and division versus people coming together and working, helping each other. The client we're seeing are, you know, stressors on every level, climate, economic, in our bodies, in our disease, in our food chain, like everything. Like it, 
there was nowhere to go but for no. it to break. No, right? W- right? We asked for the break. This is what the break looks like. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what everyone expected. It was to wake up and everything was going to be different. But we literally need to break our systems and, and shift them all. Because one of the things, the second tool that I am uh, telling people to do is not only watch their language, but secondly is to come back to themselves. Okay. And come back to themselves in a way, and that's what I mean by coming back to your basic tools. So the things that your counselor in grade 12 taught you, like whatever that little trick was, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but whoever that resonates with, uh, you know, use that tool again. Whatever it was that your therapist when you were 25 uh, told you to do, or that letter of forgiveness that you were asked to do, do that again. Um, Coming back to basics is about eliminating the noise because one of the things that has been really interesting and for for me personally, what I've been really loving is that I've been able to create and be without the distraction of the noise of obligation where you Mm. have to go to this event, you have to leave the house, you have to do these things because at the time it was considered to be healthy and it still is healthy, right? In human interaction, like we need that stuff, right? But look at the opportunity here that it is to thrive without all of that noise. Because coming back to basics and simplifying your life again, simplifying your relationships again, simplifying the the way in which you talk to yourself, you feed yourself and you nurture yourself, that is going to be one of the biggest tools. Because think about all the people that you felt like you had to talk to in 2019. Now think of all the people that you are actually making an effort to be present with and hang out with and talk to now in 2020 during this. I bet you it's different. I bet you, you have come to really um, awaken some of those attachments in those relationships that you had to other people, that people had to you, that you had to certain rituals and, and routines and noise and all of that kind of stuff, right? Think about that for a hot minute and, and now look at what this opportunity can bring you. So one of the third tools that I'm asking people, so first of all, watch your language. Second of all, um, sim- start to simplify your, no- your life and eliminate the noise. And then thirdly, use your tools. Use your right. tools and your natural medicines. Right. And right. That's what we were saying before is like when I jokingly said like weed, but that weed is, or your natural medicines, your herbal medicines, our connection to mother nature. Mm -hmm. uh, It's in our toolkit for self-care, right? And self-love. Talk to me a little bit about, are you seeing, I mean, I think people are probably smoking more. I know I'm smoking more and consuming more. Is that okay from your perspective? Because it's a tool in my toolkit. Like where do you find balance in that? That's a great question because yeah, people are definitely consuming more. People are consuming a lot. People are consuming a lot of flour, a lot of sugar, a lot of alcohol, and a lot of weed. Yeah, basically, <laughs> those are, are those. Is that the new food pyramid? A lot of yeast. <laughs> yeah, no, the coping <laughs> strategies food pyramid. Right, <laughs> like it's it's pretty nuts. You got to put coffee yeah. on that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nut creamer, yeah. nut in my coffee. Yes. <laughs> you cream up in yes. my teeth. Hazel oh. nutty. Hazel nutting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so here's the thing. Is it okay that we're smoking more cannabis or that we're consuming more cannabis? 
and here and the answer is yes however that comes with a caveat like anything anything used in excess right will deline us from our alignment of balance and being able to and being able to navigate the threshold with which we can handle our our, our traumas and healing and, and get through this shit that we're all dealing with right now right so can you smoke too much weed? I mean, some people say no, you know what I mean? I mean, like, here's the thing. I can't say yes and I can't say no because the experience is different for everyone. Yeah. And what too much for one person is, is not enough for another person. So I don't think we can limit that experience. However, I think if you are noticing that all you are doing right now is sitting on the couch, getting high and eating potato chips and watching Too Hot to Handle on repeat, right? I don't think it's the cannabis that's the cha- is the problem yeah, here. Exactly. I think it's, well, know, that's what I was just going to say is it's a, com- yeah. it's a, you've got to look at both sides of the coin where I think it's yeah. both, there's a physiological or biological per- conversation, which, yeah. you know, we talk about our ECS needing cannabis. Really? We talk about people who are cannabinoid deficient. We talk about how cannabis and cannabinoids help us process trauma amongst other therapeutic benefits, right? Absolutely. The flip side of the coin is the mental or habitual kind of thing that you need to handle. And those needs are needs that you need to, like you say, sort of watch your language and use your tools to get a handle around, you know, to, to, in a balanced and with a level head, address your biological needs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. About overconsumption. Um, So, I mean, here's the thing. When you talk about cannabis and sex, cannabis and sexual health, it's easy to sort of take it into this airy-fairy place where – you just sort of, the conversation is about, well, cannabis helps me, you know, open up and not be so shy around my partner. I can say things I wouldn't say or whatever the case may be. I can let down walls. And, 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 and to me, that really is a conversation that's rooted in whether or not the plant helps you open up to yourself, like regardless of sex and your partner and, and what have you. So is the correlation between cannabis and sex just about pleasure? Um, or is it something more? Is it just about mental or is it biological, right? Is it about just me opening up to myself and letting my guard down? Or is it, does it increase orgasms, libido, lubrication, like physiologically, is it a tool in the toolkit? I guess that's the thing I've never really quite understood. Yes. <laughs> Both? All the things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All, well, all the things. Okay. So a tool is only as good as your intention behind it. You know, like, like, yes. Is cannabis good for your physiological health? Yes. Is it good for your emotional health? Yes. Is it good for your spiritual health? Yes. Does it help you connect? Yes. Does it help you create? Yes. Does it heal your anxiety? Yes. Or does it help your anxiety? Yes. Does it help alleviate the symptoms of depression? Yes. What does it do for the P and the V? That's kind of what I'm asking is like, okay. Because <laughs> in my okay, mind, there we go. Because clearly all those things can make me have a more enjoyable sex life. All of those yeah. things you just described. But why, yeah. how does it help the P and the V? 
Yeah, but what like what does it actually do in my <laughs> exactly. body? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. There's there's the question because what it actually does in the P and the V it is it makes it feel really delicious and good because there is an actual physiological response. So the endocannabinoid system, as we know, is the largest system of receptors in our body. Two of the places that we have the largest amount of clusters of the endocannabinoid receptors is in our upper quadrant, so in our heads, right, in our head, shoulder, kind of upper quadrant of our body, and in our third quadrant it's in our pelvic area mm, i thought you were right pussy. so okay <laughs> yeah 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 well we've got a lot of ecs in our pussy too i see <laughs> okay and is it the same like is it the same for males and females or do we do females particularly well females particularly um we have it a little bit more unique because the endocannabinoid system is highly involved in our reproductive system so highly involved in um in in our uteruses and our vaginas in our in our um in our pleasure so in our pleasure zone so in the opening of our of our vaginas and our clitoris and our anus but in our pubic mounds and in our pelvic areas and that whole area so there's a lot of clusters of of receptors there's a lot of receptors in that area so when you consume cannabis right cbd for many people acts as an analgesic so it helps alleviate pain right whereas thc right well which is what happens when you have an orgasm so when you have an orgasm you actually um, naturally create what's called 2-AG. 2-AG is a natural endocannabinoid that the body makes, which is mimetic of the phytocannabinoid CBD, which means 2-AG acts the same in your body as CBD does. One is created by your body, one is created by the plant, right? So they work the same. And when you have an orgasm, you release 2-AG, right? To kind of help. So that's why some people like when they have orgasm, it's that contraction kind of feeling. And that's why those contractions and such don't hurt, right? Because normally when you contract and you're on your period, right? It's quite painful because you're shedding, shedding your uterine lining. But when you're having an orgasm, you're still contracting. So why doesn't it hurt? Hmm. I've never really? asked myself that question. <laughs> yeah. <right>. Until now. <laughs> Until right now. Okay. Because it's 2 So CBD does that. But THC, THC, the bliss molecule, our lovely bliss molecule, what it does mm. is that it helps bring the blood. It entices and excites blood to come to your nether regions, especially if you apply it topically there. Really? To feel, oh God, is cannabis lube? Have we not talked about cannabis lube? It's like the only way I have sex now. Really? <laughs> well, with other people. With myself, it's fine. But like, yeah, yeah, interesting. Amazing. Okay, so what does it change? How does it change that experience? Is it pl- it's pleasure just across the board. Does mm-hmm. your partner experience the same effects? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, so, so here's the... So, I like to use cannabis lube because cannabis lube, and I like to use like a hybrid strain cannabis lube or a CBD or tea. It depends on what kind of sex I'm having. Um, but cannabis lube is a thing that you use. <laughs> yeah, I love I'm mind blown. What? I'm like, excuse <laughs> me, let me open my drawer. <laughs> let me get my weed box. And uh, literally and figuratively, let's have a hybrid kind of night. Yeah, let's have a hybrid kind of. Yeah, absolutely. What does that mean? You're like guessing your pussy. You're getting your pussy high and you're getting your pussy stoned. Yeah, well, I like I. So yeah, yeah, I'm getting my pussy stoned. I get my pussy fucking high. Mm -hmm. She likes to live her best life. 
Mm-hmm. So I like to get my pussy high. Okay. She likes it. My ass likes it too. Oh. It's pretty great. Anal, so CBD lube is like the best, or a hybrid is like the best for anal sex. Oh, 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 oh goddess, come on. Shut up if everyone's not doing this right now. Everyone needs to do this right now. Everyone needs to apply like, cannabis right lube to their ass and then have it penetrated. Oh, interesting. Well, I could see yeah. that being beneficial in a multitude of ways. You know, cheesesick <laughs> and inflammatory. <laughs> right? okay. Yeah, I made it not sexy. I'm sorry. No, um, it's so sexy, but pre-apply. So the trick with using cannabis lube that people forget, though, is that they have to pre-apply oh. in order to get the full benefits. So it's like an edible. It takes a while to kick in. Yeah, it just takes a few minutes to kick in. Pre-apply 20 to 30 minutes before sex. And then continue to use it during sex. But just remember that like for the full benefits to really kick in, you need to pre-apply so that you start to get a little high. And then, you know, as your sex session starts to go on, it really starts to activate it. Are you getting high or just your punani? Just your punani. Oh, okay. And it's because when you apply, when you apply cannabis topically, when you apply a cannabis topically, like on your skin, for example, right? The epithel- layers of epithelial cells, it, it's just impossible for um, the cannabis to penetrate your skin, right? To get into your blood system. Because that's why you get high. You get high because of, it's in your blood, right? Right. Um, in your circulatory system. So now here's the thing with lube though, right? So when you apply topically, your pussy only gets high. However, if you have small cuts or small little fissures or thing, that is a direct entry into your bloodstream. So mm-hmm. some people may get a little high depending on how strong it is, how much it feels, but it will be more of a localized experience. Right. Right. But people also forget if you go down on your partner and you put cannabis lube in your mouth, now you're just, it's like you took an edible. Right, so you are gonna get high. I see. Right? I was gonna ask if it was if it was vegan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> now, tell me how you like navigated bringing your multitude of of cannabis sex lubes like into your relationship with your partner. Like in general, I'm joking a little bit, but how do you navigate cannabis use at all with a partner? Right, because you know I get a lot of outreach from women who for whatever reason or whatever, in whatever way, aren't necessarily being a hundo percent transparent with their partners about how much they use or how much they like it. Mm. How do you navigate? Right. And it's, I mean, I think clearly there is a difference between men and women. And I think we can talk about that as a different question, Mm -hmm. but how do you sort of recommend to clients and to patients and to people in your life that they start to navigate introducing this into their relationship? Well, I think first of all, it is about getting rooted in what the intentionality of cannabis use for you personally is and Mm -hmm. knowing that and understanding that, right? You need to understand your relationship with your medicine. That I think is just successful, hashtag successful adulting. You know what I mean? I, I think that's where you need to start with that. Why are you, do you use cannabis? What does it do for you? How does it nurture you and feed you? Right? Why is it important in your life? I think that's the biggest thing because I don't believe anybody uses cannabis recreationally, even if they think they do. 
I think they're using it as a wellness tool. So I think what you just said is getting a better relationship with why you use your medicine is sort of the biggest disconnect because so many partners come at it as, well, this is recreational. This is just for fun. You're just getting fucked up. Exactly. Because you don't want to be here or you don't want to be present or or like you're trying to escape. And it's like, no, 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 wait a second. No, no, wait a second. Cannabis actually makes me more present and more able to be here in my body and here for you. Granted, some people do use it to escape, right? Because because that's how they see it. They use it as like an alcohol. A lot of people use alcohol as, as escapism tactics and they apply the same kind of principles and intentionality to cannabis only to recognize that it's not going to work. Alcohol will suck you in. But cannabis, I find over time, will fight back. It will say either you're not smoking this anymore or we're going to fuck you up and like something's going to trigger you to understand your use here. However, the intentionality is really important about why are you using your medicine so that you can tell your partner that this is actually what makes me better for you, right? Right. And, why, and this is how and this is why. And right. that's, the, that's the, before we go into any other conversation about how to negotiate cannabis use with your partner, for, if you can't get past that first step, then there's no point. You have to know that. So we were talking about how you start to navigate cannabis use in your partnership, especially Mm -hmm. if people are on or off the same page. But if you're on the same page and you've decided, you know, you're, you've aligned with understanding and intention and you've decided to take the next step and that's the night, whatever the case may be, how do you, what would you recommend to somebody brand new to the process or somebody who had only ever, you know, smoked a bowl alone or that kind of thing? Um, would you, I'm even thinking format wise, you know, cause flour can be stinky and edibles. You don't know if they're going to take you sideways. So how do you be on cannabis lube, which wasn't even on my list of things to ask you about, <laughs> how do you sort of recommend people start to play? Uh, so I would recommend that people start to play with their preferred method of right of consumption, right? So whichever way is your preferred, that's where I would start. Uh, Because then you can see if it applies, if the intention that you put behind your consumption applies to your sexual adventures, or if it just applies to like Netflix and chilling or like writing a story or like, you know what, Mm -hmm. or getting weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Because for example, for myself, I love to smoke. You and I have talked about this. You and I are both like joint goddesses. We're like, we're old school. We want to touch the flower. We want to roll the joint. I want to connect with my medicine in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, For you and I, I think it's very much about that whole beautiful ritual that is around it. However, I have found that if I am going to be entering into, you know, like a longer like a kind of an all-nighter with my partner, with with a, a partner or a lover, right? I like to smoke, but I'd prefer to take an edible. And it's because I find that when I have an orgasm, when I smoke weed, I'm no longer high after. Right. So then I need to consume. So I need to continuously consume more. But when I have an edible, then I'm more in my body. My body is responding a little bit better, right? So my ability to get present inside of me and really receive from a lover, from a partner is a lot easier. And so that's just my experience, right? And, and then you throw a cannabis lube on top of that and it's like, we're doing it in all the ways and all the time and all the holes. <laughs> 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 right? So, 
So I think you have to start with how you, how you prefer, try it out and then, and then bring it up with your partner and say, be like, how was that for you? Right. Right. Did you find that the cannabis helped or hindered um, this experience? Do you want to maybe try it with this format? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, what are the odds that two people are, are on the exact same page in terms of how it was or even how the thing affects them, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Two partners might need two different things, I guess. Might need to consume in two different ways, right? Yeah. You may, especially if you're like, you know, premenstrual or you are menstruating, right? You might want to take a, an edible so that you you are feeling a little bit more um, in your body and feeling less pain and the anxiety is kind of gone and, you know, it's balancing out your hormones in a better way. But your partner, for example, might just need to smoke a, smoke a fatty, you know, he just needs to roll mm-hmm. one up, smoke one. And then that way he is there for you and, and giggly and such. Um, yeah. Well, how, what, what's the difference between using cannabis for sex and using cannabis for sexual health? Good. So, Cannabis for sex, using cannabis for sex is all about looking at ways to enhance or better your intimate experience. So whether that's actually having sex, whether that's penetration, whether that's um, physiologically like alleviating pains um, and things that are associated with the act of sex and all the acts of sex, um, including intimacy, including being able to be present and share intimacy with yourself or with your partner. Cannabis for sexual health is about looking at ways to alleviate or to support a physiological response. I mean, they're basically the same, a a physiological response such as menstruation, right? And being able to alleviate some of that pain. So so they're they're the same, but not. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I find a lot of things like, like under, like under uh, cannabis for sex, it's like people smoking and edibles and that shared experience with themselves or with other people with cannabis for sexual health. It's a lot more of like oils and topicals. And it's like, um, it's more of an, uh, an alleviation versus an elevation. I like that way of looking at it. Yeah. And there's, uh, speaking of the toolkit, like there's a need for all of it in the toolkit, right? Yeah. So I've got a question. Okay. <laughs> and I think we might have talked about this before. I had this wild theory that cannabis was affecting men and women differently, or its gifts, her gifts were affecting males and females very differently for a higher purpose. But when we had talked about it, there was a lot of buzz out there around cannabis negatively affecting men in the sexual health department. There was some buzz about erectile dysfunction or I think not being able to finish. There was an article or two about moves that had to be retracted. Like, are, are the benefits as humans that we derive from the plant the same as males and females? Or are you seeing sort of a difference in, in what's happening out there? between men and women. Yeah, there's a difference. There's yeah. definitely a difference. Our bodies are different. Our hormone levels are different, right? 
they're same, same, but different, right? Like yeah. we all have testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen. However, the balance of that within our bodies are completely different, right? Men have more testosterone than we do. Women, and then, then myself as a woman does, right? I have more estrogen. And the effects of cannabis on a woman's health is very unique because it has to actually do with the influence of it on, of your estrogen and where you are at in your cycle. So the general rule is higher the estrogen, lower the tolerance, lower the estrogen, higher the tolerance. Which right? is wild. Just mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing. Right. But men have estrogen too. So right. we also have to remember that as well. However, let's come back to the ladies for a second. Right. So, so when we are ovulating mid our mid month cycle, um, our estrogen is at its highest. Therefore, our tolerance is at its lowest, which means I can generally, you can smoke a little less cannabis, I find, to get still that same um, fulfilling feeling that I would get when, uh, for example, when I'm on my period, when I'm about to menstruate, when my estrogen is at its lowest, I need to consume a lot more cannabis in order to come back to balance within my body because my estrogen is at its lowest. So I can consume 50 milligram, you know, chocolate. And like, I'm just not, I just happen to not be a bitch that day. You know what I mean? Like it just, it brings me back to balance. But whereas if I took 50 milligrams during in, in and around my ovulation cycle, that would knock me out for a couple of days potentially. Right. So wow. I've never even considered that is to be in touch with the cycle is to be in touch with the sensitivities to the THC and CBD, but you're right. Yes. Right? Yes. And every person and woman who is out here, there listening to this right now needs to be tracking. If they really want to have a beautifully intentional relationship with their cannabis, they need to be tracking what they are feeling um, with their usage in conjunction with their menstrual cycle. Wow. In order to be able to choose what strains what consumption method and what dosage that you are going to use to properly medicate and heal. It feels like this secret code to be unlocked. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is it really just trusting, listening to your body and, 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 and tracking it? Yeah. Well, part of it is listening to your body, but when you track it, now you all of a sudden you have measurable results and information. Says the doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So like, so there, there, there's a time and place for intuition and listening to your body and nurturing it, how it's telling you, right? Like when you have food cravings, so uh, food cravings tell you whether you are coping or whether you are actually um, nur uh, nourishing. Right. right. So sometimes, you know, you're craving an avocado. That's a good indication that you're probably needing some, some good healthy fats in your system and omegas. Right. And you're craving fish that for example. Right. But it, you're craving chips and stuff. It's probably, or cheese it's probably because you're sad. Right. So uh, cannabis and that's, you know, intuitive eating is really big like that really talks about that stuff. Intuitive cannabis consumption can be very, is very similar, right? So you can look at the different strains. I think I'm a big proponent that nobody should just have one strain of cannabis in their possession, right? Because we're not only on, always only going through one thing at a time and using cannabis to only treat and heal one thing. We're not always feeling the same. 
I like that. Mom, my doctor said I, I need to re-up. We need to be aware of that. So when we can track and pay attention, then we will start to see patterns. And patterns are what allow us to have the information to properly use the medicine that we have at hand. Okay, so speaking of patterns, what are some of the things you're seeing just out there in the world in terms of dating or relationship trends or issues or something that surprised you? Has anything surprised you? God, dating is such an issue. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like oh. dating is such an issue, you know? <laughs> it's just the worst issue. It's the biggest issue. Oh, it's so fun, though, and it's so not at the same time. It's, like, definitely just one of those things. It takes a lot of bandwidth. And what are the trends right now? Well, I mean, as we are recording this, we are in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Well, of course. I mean, the last time we talked, probably getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure you mentioned that there was an uptick in really young men having a lot of trouble in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so one of that's what we're seeing because porn use, right? We're actually seeing I, the high. Right. I wondered if it was porn culture. I mean, don't get me started. Yeah, and, and it's funny for me as a sex-positive intersectional feminist who is porn-positive, right, to see how imbalanced we have come in our relation to erotica and pornography and fantasy and sexuality and how we've commercialized it so much. And that's what's fucking up young boys' boners, right? The, the, and, it, and it sucks because the highest, the fastest-growing um, demographic that is experiencing erectile dysfunction is young men between the ages of 16 to 24. What? Yeah. That's yeah. what, you know, isn't that when they're getting off a hundred times a day? That's wild. Right? That's why sometimes, that's why I used to love to date young guys because they have the dicks that don't quit. Like, <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> right? And, and now you can't rely on them anymore. You can't. You can't rely on these guys because they're fucking up their dicks before they even reach 40. So now I have to date these 40-year-olds with really great tongues that don't stop. So... I just, which is fine. Yeah, um, no one's, no complaints. But yeah. so you often hear, you know, sexuality, <laughs> sexuality is between the ears, right? And this mm. idea of it's in the head and men, we know men are especially visual. Well, men and women, we're creating unrealistic expectations. So here's the thing. When you, when someone is having um, any type of orgasmic uh, challenges, the first thing that I will get them to do uh, in terms of working with me in my practice will be to come back to the relationship with their pleasure practice with themselves. That's the first thing I do. And then we redevelop that self-pleasure practice, that masturbation practice so that you can, and we need to redevelop it because we need to rewire the neural pathways in your brain right. in order to shift how your body responds to um, the stimulus of pleasure because what is happening is is whether you're a man or a woman doesn't matter what genitals you have in between it doesn't matter what your your gender is irregardless when you self-pleasure and masturbate in the same way with the same tools using the same visual stimulation auditory visual using the same stimulation of any kind over and over and over again all that does is limit your body's ability 
to experience pleasure. Because then what you are doing is you are creating a pattern in your neural pathways that is saying to your body, this is the only way that I can experience pleasure. So then when you do get in front of a person, you are no longer able to have an orgasm or keep it hard or stay present because you have literally only taught your body to respond to pleasure in one way and one way only. Right. So variety is the spice of life. Variety is literally the spice of life. It has to be. Right. It can't be the same. You can have, you know, you know, I love that like friends, you know, that friends episode where Monica's like a one, like she maps out the body and she's like, you know, you start at one and then you go to two and oh, then yeah. you go to three and then you go one, two, three, four, and then you go one, two, three, four, seven, 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 right? Like <laughs> it's like a game of operation. Seven, seven, seven. Because <laughs> there's a difference between knowing what what gets you off. And then being dependent on a pattern to allow you to achieve uh, any type of pleasure or climax. Right. So does Big. weed help you break the pattern, you think? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think for some people, because it really, like, like we discussed, right? Cannabis has this beautiful ability to get us to become present, to slow down time, to make us uh, you know, feel things more, feel the sensations of things more, taste things better. Um, it has all of these multifaceted uh, qualities about it when we consume it. So I definitely think cannabis 111% allows us to kind of tripwire those patterns and allow us to experience other things so that we can increase our orgasmic capacity and potential. I was hoping you would say 111%. Yeah, <laughs> you know how I read <laughs> Okay, so are there any myths about cannabis and sex that we need to any bust? Myths. Are there any myths? So let's, let's, you know what? There's always some. We can think of some. We know that there's some. So like, so like the myth um, that cannabis is bad for your erection or good for your erection. Depends on what, what way you've heard the myth. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, some is myth. it a myth? Well, here's the thing. It's it, yes and no. I guess, right? So the science is still, um, the science is still out. So some people are seeing that prolonged use of cannabis um, may decrease their ability to maintain an erection. However, some men or people with penises are saying that it's actually been the best thing ever. And it's allowed them to, to really connect back with their, their genitalia. Um, so is it a myth? Yes and no you know, everybody's, everybody's endocannabinoid system, everybody's genitals, everybody's pussies like a snowflake. You need to learn your snowflake, right? This isn't a one size. Word. Yeah. This isn't a one size fits all experience. So, so you need to see if you are consuming cannabis though, and you are having some challenges with erectile dysfunction, right? then it may be time to go through a bit of an elimination of how you are nurturing your body and start by eliminating cannabis to see how your body responds to it. However, science is also showing though that for some people, cannabis, if you are looking to get pregnant, for example, if you are a person with a penis, right, uh, cannabis may actually be affecting the mobility of your sperm. However, 
some science has been showing that cannabis and feeding your endocannabinoid system in women or people with vaginas and uteruses who are looking to receive that spermage, um, it's actually helping them get pregnant. I was just going to ask, okay, so because cannabis and fertility is a question, right? Very linked. And we know that. And it it's just wild to me that it seems to be doing the converse of what we actually need to our partners that it's doing for us, right? It's benefiting us and helping us bloom and our reproductive systems get, are getting in order. And yet it might not be benefiting the males in the same way I find super curious. But can you talk to me a little bit more about cannabis in the reproductive system? I mean, we have a huge kind of knowledge gap around cannabis for pregnancy and breastfeeding and things like that. But even just for somebody hoping to increase her fertility, um, what, how does cannabis play a part? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of science out there. (laughs) There's a lot of science and because legalization in our Western world is just coming, come out, right. There's a lot of science that's going to have to catch up and that is currently catching up, but you know, like every good study, we need good people to sign up. We need a good cross-section of demographic as well as time, right? And we can't make time go any faster. However, what we have been seeing from historical research, from preliminary studies, is it's less that cannabis is connected to the reproductive system, and it is more that the endocannabinoid system is connected to the reproductive system. And balancing the ECS and feeding and nurturing it is what cannabis does. So the endocannabinoid system helps us to regulate our sleep cycles, our mood cycles, but also our reproductive cycles. And for some people that may mean um, their, uh, their ability to become pregnant because the ECS works very closely with our sex hormones and our sex hormones are testosterone, progesterone, and estrogen. Well, the top three anyways. I think what we have to do firstly is look at, is it helping and is it not working for us? Right? So cotton mouth, xerostomia is a real thing, right? We know sometimes when we consume cannabis, our mouth gets dry. But what the pasties. Yeah. But what we don't talk a lot about is that sometimes when I consume cannabis, so does my pussy. She dries out too. I call it cotton vagina. Right. Yeah. Okay. So hold on a second. Have we, we've never talked about this. So cotton vagina is, oh my goddess. Sometimes it does. I get cotton vagina. I have to use lube. I mean, I think every woman needs to use lube regardless. And like, and I can squirt, I can ejaculate, I can do all of those things, but like, that doesn't mean that my uh, vagina itself like does it she dries out if i consume too if i consume uh sometimes interesting and, and that's a really big thing that we don't talk about and it's because of the endocannabinoid receptors in our in our system right and and navigating through a response to the mucous membranes and our ability to feel sensations and pleasure and all of that and that stuff right so I dry out. Some women, it gets them even more wetter. I've experienced both. I've experienced consuming cannabis and being like Niagara Falls. But more often than not, when I consume cannabis, I have to make sure I use lube because I do. Not only does my mouth get a little pasty, but so does my, so does my pussy. Interesting. And, and, like, and notice that stuff, right? Notice. Um, because more often than not, it's a correlation. 
Here's the thing. Okay. Arousability in the body is dose dependent and consumption method dependent, right? So because your consumption method of cannabis has variant uh, effects, right? So if you use it topically, Mm -hmm. it's going to feel different than when you smoke it. CBD and THC works as a lock and key kind of thing with our endocannabinoid system, highly linked to our reproductive system and our genitals and our pelvic areas. CBD used as an analgesic, used to relieve pain, right? To kind of bring us back more into present. THC triggers the production of nitric oxide in our bodies. Nitric oxide is what helps improve our vasodilation, so our blood circulation. So that is what happens there, which is also what the role of anandamide is in uh, as our endocannabinoid system. So we, when we are looking at the effects of, of cannabis on our on our on our sex, right, on our ability to have sex and feel sex, right. Not only it, it's not just base level of like you know my pussy dries out, but it is also using the right kind of cannabis to treat the symptoms that I'm feeling. So if I'm feeling a little bit of extra back pain, I want to use something with a little bit more CBD, right? But if I'm having a hard time coming to orgasm, right, or feeling like I have, I'm having a hard time, then I want to use something with a little bit more THC because of that vasodilation. So I think that's really important to know. Really important to know. Yeah. Bring on the THC. Yeah. Big O. What would you tell somebody our listeners right now, we're in, you know, time of quarantine. We don't really know the other end of it. A lot of people are isolated from their partners, um, are alone. Tell people about how they can sort of cope through this and, and how to move forward. Hmm, what's my message? What's your message? My message right now is to allow yourself to take every moment 10 seconds at a time. Because everything is changing and a lot of things feel really out of control. And when we feel out of control, many of us feel like we need to be afraid of that. And this is a really good time for us to practice trust with ourselves, trust with other people around us, some patience for what is to come, some patience for ourselves for not being as productive as we need, as we think we should be, as uh, successful as we think we need to be, and to also practice our ability to be present. And sometimes I can only be present 10 seconds at a time. And if I can do that six times in a row, well, then that's a pretty fucking successful minute. Yeah, that's all anybody can do. Now, you said don't be hard on yourself if we don't achieve our goals right now. But I see that you have a goal of one million orgasms. I do. I do. I saw that on your Instagram. I was like, is this McDonald's? I'm like, how can I? <laughs> I never even thought about the McDonald's reference. Oh, my God. It's one million smiles. served. Now, oh, I do. I have a new initiative. So that's what, that was my blessing. That's been one of my biggest blessings from what, this multiple orgasms. 
Yes. A mil- the Million Orgasm Initiative. <laughs> okay, tell me more. <laughs> I'm going to ride this wave with you. <laughs> yes, goddess. Yes. So I have a new mission, and it is to empower one million orgasms. <laughs> and uh, well, if you can leave any kind of legacy behind, my friend, I love it. Right, right. Yeah. That's 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 what I'm going that for. And because of this, I have been able to launch my new life design community called the Sex for Breakfast Club. Yes, please. Uh, and the Sex for Breakfast Club is for women who are looking to empower the goddess within themselves and to re-inspire and reignite their pleasure and their relationship to it. Okay. Because it is about saying, I am done with living my life in a certain way, and I am now going to create the life that I deserve to live unapologetically and passionately. So is it a daily community thing? What's it, what's Sex for Breakfast all about? it's, It's a It's a daily community thing. It's all completely online and you get access to me and some of my really awesome uh, love leader women. So they're my goddess love leaders. They are experts as well in their fields. And it is a combination of all the tools that I have personally used as well as have prescribed and supported my patients to use to help them transform their lives into becoming fucking badass orgasmic goddesses and harnessing that big clit energy that we all deserve to have. I love this. Yes, so that's going to come through with empowering one million orgasms, which happens on Masturbation Mondays. Every Monday we masturbate, we share, we talk about our experiences. We post our post-glow selfies. Oh. So great. Okay. I know. And then because of this as well, I'm going to start doing some pretty fucking awesome pussy power workshops that are going to be available online exclusively. And you will get all that information and more by following me on my website, carlincosta.com, to get connected with the Sex for Breakfast Club and help me empower one million orgasms. I'm on it. (laughs) Okay. Let's close by letting the people know where they can find you, where they can read some of your material. Love it. So I'm Carlin Costa, clinical sexologist and psychotherapist best-selling author of the book love the women's guide to not fucking settling and i am here to help you have (laughs) oh to help your pussy actually live her best life every single day so you can connect with me on my website carlincosta.com c-a-r-l-e-n-c-o-s-t-a or my Instagram at carlin.costa on Twitter at Dr. Carlin. And uh, I've gotten recently into TikTok, so find me at all the same. <laughs> it's really yeah. I love it. <laughs> hey, but come with me. Come join the Sex for Breakfast Club. Come see what it's all about. And if you just want to taste, hit me up on my uh, public Facebook group, which is called the Everyday Goddess Gang, where we talk about a lot of this kind of great stuff. Everything from sex, love, relationships, and healthy, holistic lifestyles. Oh, goddess. Oh, I'm, goddess. I'm coming. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at hightea.life. Like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all the other things. Join our invite list and holla at your girl by visiting hightea.life. 